Hello, and welcome to this bonus episode of Only Lovers Book Club. Usually we're here reading and discussing romance novels, but for the past couple of weeks, we have been talking about the ultimatum queer love because we just had to, it just had to. Um, if you're wondering how it all started and how it went as we were watching, I'll put some cards up so you can watch us react to the first few episodes and then the second half. And today we're going to discuss the reunion and then we're going to give kind of like our concluding thoughts about the experience of watching the show and watching it together. If that sounds cool, then make sure to subscribe, like the video. Uh, and if you're listening to us, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a nice little review for all the lovely emotional labor that we've been doing recapping this. I know no one asked us to, but I mean, if you wanted to, I wouldn't be mad. Anyway, <laughs> we, we okay, so we're recording this a week after we actually watched it. We watched mm -hmm. episodes five through nine. For those of you who don't know, we're on opposite sides of the country, different time zones. So watching stuff together can be a little tricky. <laughs> uh, for the reunion, we watched it together via teleparty. And uh, yeah, I want to know how, how that was for you. <laughs> we knew how the show ended. But then kind of like seeing everybody come back and get together, like what were, were you nervous? Were you excited? Or what were your expectations, if any? I, I was not nervous or excited. I went into the reunion with very low expectations. I had very little faith that most of the couples would still be together. Um, and it, it was more so just me being curious how they would react to each other you know um after the show like I, I want i wanted to watch like the dynamics between them you know because sometimes people break up and it's very amicable and sometimes people break up and it's not and so i was more curious to see like how those breakups went because i assumed that everyone would have broken up <laughs> um, <laughs> yes i i feel like I want to insert a clip of you in the last, like our last recording, like every single couple is going to be, I don't think anyone's going to stay together. Like, it is what it is. I don't think any couple, any couple in the show will have a lasting relationship. This, this, the show took me very, very high. And then it like plummeted me down and <laughs> I'm like still crawling my way back up. I've talked to Chris about this too. I'm like, I'm not even in the mood to read romance. I'm like, I'm done with love. Like that's what Xander and Yoli did to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, I can't say that I went into the reunion feeling particularly optimistic. And so that's why I was extra glad to be watching it with you because at least, you know, I could, have someone to kind of chat with and and it wouldn't be i'd be sad but i wouldn't be sad alone that's the best way to be sad to be sad with <laughs> someone else yeah <laughs> i thought everybody looked good i let's start with the positives let's start with yeah. the positives and just like a, a heads up like if you're the kind of person who is like me and for the most part doesn't watch reality tv shows and would rather just watch sit through a recap um Part of today's discussion is going to deal with um, right intimate partner violence, domestic violence. And so if that's not something that you're interested in hearing us talk about, if you just don't feel great about hearing couples in a domestic violence situation, let alone queer couples, then um, yeah, feel free to either, I'll, I'll put up a card with a time for you to avoid um, or just peace out. 
And but make sure to like the video before you leave. Okay. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of time between me watching the finale and me watching the reunion. I avoided as many spoilers as possible, uh, even though some things did like leak through. And that's okay. Um, and so I started watching the reunion with my heart in the pit of my stomach. I was not uh, prepared to to see everybody reacting to the drama that we saw throughout the season. But then also. Even so, even though I was kind of prepared for the worst, like nothing could have prepared me for like the shit show uh, that kind of like occurred during the the whole throughout most of the most of it. And it was like a, I was surprised, disappointed, and really upset. And it kind of I don't know if it happened for you, but it's not like it painted the rest of the show in a bad light, but it definitely has made me consider watching one of these shows again in the future like not that i won't but it's just maybe with the way that i approach it might be a little bit different let's start with uh the couple that i think we or the couples that i think we talked about the most um you know over our episodes which was um uh, sander and vanessa and and yoli and mal i mean obviously we went into it knowing that sander and vanessa had obviously broken up because they left without each other um were you surprised to hear that they hadn't really been talking that you know <laughs> did you think they were going to be like friends after like was there anything about their dynamic on the reunion that like surprised you no it didn't surprise me that they were not talking <laughs> and it's just it's just i think it's for the best i think it's for the best i mean i know that you know it was a little bit heartbreaking to see them kind of talk about each other because i think that they both at that point knew understood that they weren't going to have like a friendship going mm -hmm. forward, even though there had been false starts. And, you know, I think people ghosted each other and it just, it is what it is, but it's, it was also like not nice to see, but I think it's important for people to see that you can still be sad about a relationship ending without that being a reason to not leave that relationship. Right. So when we see yeah. Xander and Vanessa enter the ultimatum they are clearly like not working they're on completely different pages and the reason that they're staying together is because of that this like weird loyalty of like okay we're gonna we've done we've come this far right that sunk cost fallacy we've come this far we owe it to ourselves to keep trying um whereas at the end there's still like feelings there but there's also the recognition of this isn't working and we are better off together I also was really into Vanessa's like darker hair. <laughs> and I remember being like, ooh, dark Vanessa. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember I, you making that comment. What about, um, did you have any expectations about Xander and Yoli and how they would react to each other? You know, I tried not to. I think after the complete and utter heartbreak of the finale, I was also like, whatever. Like I had, I had already made my peace with the fact that my ship didn't work out. <laughs> and so um, when they kind of talked about, you know, Yoli talks about Mal and, and her breaking up very shortly after the after mm -hmm. they, they left the show um, and that they had tried, sorry, Yoli and Xander had tried to hang out again, keep talking or whatever. Um, I, I kind of literally flashed back to you talking about how that ship had sailed. Like if Yoli had chosen Xander if they had like maybe tried it and then broken up I feel like it would not have been quite as over like capital mm -hmm. O over you know Xander currently seems like very committed to just 
being alone and working on her career and and yoli's like living up the single life in a very different way than xander you know like they're both they're both single right now but but very differently um and i think that they're not gonna do it just because we all want them to do it. <laughs> yeah. um they're, they're not gonna fake it you know and I, and i do think like you said that if yoli had chosen xander in the show i do think they would still be together um but i think that not being chosen is really hard to organically get over you know what i mean mm -hmm. like I, if i was xander i don't know that i could know that yoli chose mal and then only came to me after that didn't work out you know like i don't think i could live with that speaking of you know mal and vanessa and yoli and xander that quadrangle of like the complicated quadrangle. <laughs> that quadrangle of like complicated feelings like by the time i i saw on mal's instagram that or i read somewhere that uh their some of their one of their family members had died um shortly before they went to record the reunion i know that that made i know that that made emotions even higher like i feel like they were high to begin with um it was great to see it was great to see mal doing great um but even still kind of like extending a little bit of like grace to yoli after they're kind of like talking about things that you know mal said were happily broken up and things didn't work out and later on when they're talking about Yoli and Xander and when Mal like, would watch, you know, obviously Mal says, oh, you may look like a fool in these streets. Fine. But I, I even watch it. And it's cute to watch someone fall in love. And I think you deserve to like try it, you know, mm -hmm. very much like. And then once again, we find out that like Yoli has been kind of like doing something that Mal is just not kind of aware of. I feel like Mel knew that Yoli and Xander were still talking, but didn't know that they had tried to meet up. Um, and this is all kind of like brought out because Vanessa is like, oh, but like they did try it. <laughs> and but little, I, okay, I will say smile, though, <laughs> I, I will say that like, you know, I don't think Mal necessarily needs to be informed, you know, mm -hmm. if they're broken up. Uh, it's just that Vanessa always knows everything. <laughs> I don't know how. And she loves just sharing, <laughs> sharing with the group. <laughs> seriously I, I mean it is what it is like i don't i think like people like to get really angry on mal's behalf you know for everything that went down with yoli and xander i i do think that relationship would have ended regardless like i think you know so it is one of those things it sucks the way it went down and i do feel bad for mal and everything that she went through and i really do admire um how open she was to exploring like alternative ways of making their relationship work you know like um and just being very like in tune with what yoli was uh dealing with like i really like that um but i do think the relationship would have ended whether or not there had been a xander in the picture and um yeah hopefully you know the next person that comes along you know will be a different experience and mm -hmm. and i do think that mal will now be more emotionally available you know than than perhaps they were with um yoli because i know yoli said that too and that like i'm not really dating but when i do date i'm gonna take people at face value for what they tell me you know because i read an interview where she was like the minute I met Mal, Mal was like, I'm emotionally unavailable. And I still dated them, you know? So it's like, 
So, you know, so Yoli is now too like, okay, I can't go like looking, I can't go expecting things from a person who's already being upfront and telling me that they can't do certain things. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think all four people in that quadruple or whatever, however you said it, <laughs> I think all four of them are currently single and, and really like working on themselves and 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 enjoying learning more about themselves and i'm happy for all four of them honestly ozzy and sam are still together in the reunion right um they and, and they're still married. together now which is quite some time after the reunion was filmed mm-hmm. so the reunion was filmed last year i think so yeah they are still together they are still planning to get married and i'm happy for them like, I know yeah. that people, like, want them to be married, like, now, but I think, right, Ozzy and Sam seemed good. They seemed, like, content. That brought me, like, genuinely brought me, like, a lot of joy. It's kind of wild when you think about it. Like, we we feel like we've been on such a journey, but, like, we're watching such a tiny bit of it. Like, I think I saw someone say how, like, every time they sat around that long table, you know, like, when they picked their... um their their new um their new marriage people and then when they went back to their original people like every time they were at that table that they were there for like six hours Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we see like 10 minutes 10 minutes of it yeah ozzy and sam are good i think to this day not a single person has a bad thing to say about sam like i've i've seen other cast members make jokes about it it's (laughs) i think it's not like tiff and someone else were like doing recaps of an episode or something and the other person was like okay but like the only person we haven't said anything about is sam and the person who's not in the ultimatum was like i don't and eventually they were like sam i really hated that cardigan you wore on episode like what because it's like what else (laughs) they couldn't think of a single other thing to say so i think like we're you know they're good sam and Asi are good they're doing their own thing what about lexi and ray (laughs) because they were kind of the shocker i think people didn't expect them to still be together and then they watched the reunion and were like oh shit they're still together (laughs) and then it was just like that black card (laughs) at the end of the reunion yeah (laughs) i i'm not gonna say that i would like i like cheered when i saw the card but I was like, oh, thank God. We talked about it a little bit in our last kind of like get together. I don't remember how you put it, but it was really well said. Something about basically how Ray sees all of these red flags, but like that what she learned wasn't enough to counter the love that she felt for Lexi. I don't know how to, I don't know how, what you said. <laughs> I was unhappy when they proposed to each other because I didn't think that they were going to be a long term pairing. Um, I was surprised to see them together at the reunion and then I felt bad because then once the the whole finger gate conversation restarted it became very clear to me that this is not just something that like the host is bringing up at this reunion it's something that clearly has continued to be brought up in Ray and Lexi's relationship just looking at the way like Ray was reacting to things and stuff made it clear that what I thought was going to happen, which was that this would be this like elephant in the room always in their relationship was actually happening. And so that made me sad. And and I was happy to see that they had broken up only because I think 
Ray deserves not to feel like a shitty person, mm-hmm. you know, in, in her relationships, like moving forward. Yes, I, I agree. And I still think that like their relationship got really toxic, maybe not to mm-hmm. the extent that others were. But yeah, I think that they just both had like a lot to learn. Um, yeah. Apart from each other after this experience. And so while I never like it when people are obviously going through something like really difficult, I was kind of relieved to to see them not be together anymore Mm -hmm. you know i was like oh okay now they can be truly happy because i mean me from all the way over here and like my high horse couch being like these people don't belong together but like based on what we saw in the show i just felt like they could do a little bit better for for themselves I mean, I've been reading a couple of recaps as well as not spoiling myself, but then after we record, I go back and I check like what other people have said. One of them being um, Carmen Maria Machado's um, Cup of Stars kind of like Substack newsletter. And I I read it and I didn't really catch, I think at first, that a lot of other people, or at least Carmen, had kind of seen these like intimate partner violence tendencies between Mildred and tiff and that made me so sad i was like oh of course um that makes a lot of sense but i think that we were all or at least i was of the mind of oh this is like messy queer drama Uh, and these lesbians are so messy and this drama and they're you know them being all flip floppy and then when you kind of go back and you analyze their interactions and how like mildred was constantly breaking up with tiff and you know all of the things that it was now it's obvious to me that they were in something that like went beyond that like toxic manipulation like lesbian drama that we were kind of like yeah labeling it as during the reunion it comes out that well tiff and mildred are not together anymore that their breakup was pretty acrimonious and that there was even an instance in which the police were called and that Mildred was arrested for having thrown a dog gate at at TIFF. And then um, also there were mentions of other instances of, you know, just like Mildred, like, hitting TIFF. <laughs> it's just like layers and layers of awful because... At no point did Netflix prepare the audience for for what was about to happen. At no po- point did the host prepare anybody for what was about to happen. Um, the cast members' reactions were a little disappointing. Uh, some of them, of course, you know, not talking about Sam, like the other MVP, but you know, when they start arguing and Mildred is pretty much just like steamrolling over Tiff, not letting them talk you know, trying to make them se- make, make herself seem like the victim in the situation. And after that whole altercation happens and Sam goes out to help Tiff uh, kind of like calm down, Tiff leaves the show. And then like they keep talking like if nothing happened, no one kind of jumps in. See, this is what makes me upset about people being, yeah, 
put Vanessa in her place because when they needed to gang up on someone, like they actively knew how to do that. Like Lexi yeah. and Yoli got everyone to pretty much gang up on Vanessa during finger the Fingergate discussion <laughs> uh, while the show was was taping. I think, uh, unfortunately, I think that is a matter of like people being uneducated in what domestic assault is and what it can look like um i think we do a very poor job of of informing people and, and you know that's also partly why you see so many people kind of trapped in relationships that they don't know how to get out of because they don't recognize the signs you know until they get to the point where it's like this person will murder me if i leave but but you know there was a roadmap before that and people just don't know how to recognize it in their own relationships or in other people's like it's not talked about enough and i think when it is talked about it's in like a very specific scenario that people then have in their heads um that sometimes i think doesn't transfer to when people are thinking either that doesn't transfer either to what people think of as queer relationships or or even situations where you might have like two cis, you know, a, a cis man and a cis woman, but the woman is is the abuser, you know, like there's a lot of different situations that I think if they deviate from that one image that people have in their minds, they can't see it. And so I think like the cast in that moment, especially because they've seen them argue so much before, I think like I'd be curious to see. I don't I don't think anyone is going to speak up about this because so much time has happened and I think people just want to let the past be past. But I would be curious to see if any of them, you know, after the fact were like, oh, shit, like this was happening and I didn't like recognize it in the moment. And I didn't react the way that I would have wanted to react because I got caught up in, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I I, I want to think that that with time, the cast members have realized, you know, what what actually was happening. I think in my part, like you, I did not see this coming. I did think they were a very emotionally abusive couple and very like gaslighty and manipulative. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't assume that that transferred into violent, like physical violence as well. For me, emotional, <laughs> emotional abuse is plenty enough reason to leave a relationship. And that's one of the reasons why I did not want them to get together because I just thought they were so yeah. bad for each other. Mm -hmm. they, they put each other in such toxic spaces that I thought was terrible. And I was very unhappy <laughs> that they got together um in the finale but um i know i feel like neither of us were i when i predicted that they were going to end up together it wasn't like with like a happy it was just right. like this it feels like, inevitable this is their pattern yeah mm -hmm. they, they completely continue to get together yeah absolutely and i think you know i think mildred was very smart in the way that she went about it on the show because um she definitely painted tiff as this like jealous vindictive person who like called the cops just to get her in trouble and she got arrested just because tiff made that call as opposed to she got arrested because the police arrived and found enough evidence that 
you know, she had been causing them harm in that in that particular moment that that, you know, they had no choice but to arrest her, you know, like mm -hmm. following protocols. So, yeah, I, I, I think she did a very good job of like pitching it in a certain way. I think you and I, you know, have have had enough like life experiences, either our own or people we know have have read enough, have seen enough things that um, the minute Mildred started talking, we were both like in the chat because, again, we're watching this together. Mm -hmm. We were in the chat like, oh, my gosh, like, holy shit. But, you know, I don't think necessarily that was the reaction of the cast and the host. Um, I do know that for a fact that like producers and all that, they knew what had gone yes. down. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> I don't know if everybody was just assuming it wouldn't come up. Basically, Mildred didn't let Tiff get a word in edgewise. Yeah. Went in accusation after accusation after accusation. The fact that Mildred was arrested did come up. But at no point, I think it was given enough space for people to react, for Tiff to to really respond and i mean and i think we did talk about this uh, you know after the fact of like what is a host's responsibilities and and you know i bring this up as an example because i have seen it done well in other shows you know i i watched survivor and there was a season in which a cast member um outed someone who who was not out um in a really um <clears throat> just in a really terrible way, the way they phrased that it, it was like at a voting session and they basically were like, everyone should vote this person out because they are a liar. This person is trans and they have been lying about who they actually are like the entire time they've been on the show. So it was like a very violent way to out someone as well. I remember watching that and just like going completely cold because I was like so horrified. But the host of Survivor immediately stopped everything and was like <laughs> stop like we need to talk about this and and that episode ended up being you know he gave he gave space for the person who was outed well first of all ask that person you know if they wanted to talk like what they wanted to happen but like basically he made it clear like this episode or this night is not going to go as we had planned um it, we're going to talk about this if people want to talk about it. He opened up space for everyone to talk. And then at the end was like, well, I don't think we need to actually vote. Like, raise your hand if you want this person to go. And everybody raised their hand. There was no ballots. There was no everyone just like publicly voted out the person who had outed. And, and it felt so like gratifying to <laughs> it was one of those moments where I'm like, man, some people are true allies, like like for real, you know, and and that's what I would have liked to see from this. I would have liked to see the, the reunion stopped and like we're going to talk about it and, you know, we're maybe going to remove <laughs> both people. You know, clearly these two people don't need to be near each other. And by, you know, Tiff and Mildred. Um, but they like didn't address it at all like you said they went on as if nothing had happened and then you know they put up a black card for ray and lexi breaking up but where's the black card for yeah like oh we're sorry that you just witnessed x y and z if you are going through x y and z here are some resources or i don't know like something um anything any even anything. kind of acknowledgement and what sucked was that then we got to see we got to see some reactions from the cast, but it was, you know, it felt like Sam and Ozzy sticking up for for Tiff, you know, yeah. Sam, um, sorry, Ozzy 
having had lived with Mildred for a while and saying how Mildred made Ozzy feel gaslit. And, you know, it's just like, I feel like Ozzy definitely caught onto a couple of things. And then afterwards, you know, Sam, you know, supporting Tiff, they, they knew and they jumped in to, to defend, to defend Tiff, but there was no stopping Mildred. And, but I, what I was sad about is that no one else said anything, but then even worse is that Yoli was like, do you want some water? That was a lot, you know? And it, then it made Yoli seem like whether, whether she likes the portrayal of herself now or not, but as like someone who capes for someone who is a domestic abuser. You know, I think that that was maybe her first instinct as someone who was close to Mildred on the show. And and you see that happen in real life all the time, right? Like you say, oh, no, my friend could never do that. Or my family member could never do that. Like they probably heard a lot of things from Mildred about how much of a liar Tiff was and how much. And so, you know, I'm I'm going with like. Yoli was maybe brainwashed by Mildred over the course of the show. You know what I mean? As Mildred probably does with everybody in her circle, you know, I'm sure she has all of her friends thinking certain things about Tiff. And so I, I'm trying to look at it that way. <laughs> uh, I will say if I, if I did see them do something together on social media, you know what I mean? Like her and Mildred, then I'd be like, okay, I cannot extend the, gra the grace mm -hmm. any longer. But I do think that the least people could do is just maybe in a general sense, denounce domestic violence. I think that that would be one thing that you could do. Ozzy, I feel, posted something about narcissistic abuse and everyone's like, oh, wait a minute. Was that about, you know, because. And maybe in the future, you know, that something will will come up. You know, it's it's only been, what, like a week mm -hmm. since since the reunion. So, you know, it takes time to. <laughs> To make content, you know, maybe something something will come out um, or maybe it never will, you know, and that's something that they just choose to not speak about. And it is what it is, you know, like mm -hmm. I <laughs> I'm not like I told you earlier, like I'm probably not going to be following most of these people like a week from now. I was definitely following them this week so I could see kind of what they were up to now for when we talked in our episode. If, if anyone needs to like hear it from Tiff. They released a video like yes. yesterday, very shortly. Uh, like I'm probably going to edit this and post it like next week, but I'll link that video here. And then you can hear because Tiff did not get to defend themselves on yeah. the reunion. And so I think that I was really happy to see them at least kind of like speak their piece and they don't come at it like I'm a perfect person. Um, but during the time, you know, that they've been away from the show, they've been doing a lot of work on themselves. They don't claim to be a perfect person, but they do recognize the manipulative pattern that they were both in and how, you know, after they moved in together um, with Mildred and, and Mildred's son, how things pretty much shook out. We'll see. Time will tell, like, what, mm -hmm. what will happen. And then you're right. These are real people. I think I'm just always going to try to stick by like the victim and I'm going to try to defend them as much as possible. So I think, I think that's, that's that as far as the reunion, but yeah, really disappointing to see um, Netflix not taking more care, especially because this was a show yeah. that meant a lot to people having it be yeah, like and, the first. And I will say clear, like, that's, you know, uh, you know uh, 
that's who really I'm most disappointed in because at the end of the day, the cast of The Ultimatum, they're all humans. I can't expect them to all act perfectly in situations or the way I would want them to act. But I can expect a, a production company who is editing these things and putting them together for the purpose of like public consumption to kind of do the right thing. And um, it, it, all shows do this. Like you could watch a, a freaking like unsolved mysteries from like 1980 and it will say like, if you have been affected by whatever, call this number. You know what I mean? Like that's all it takes. <laughs> that's all it takes. <laughs> so, and, and I I feel like if if shows that are only like a tiny bit involved with anything that could be triggering can can put that up, a show where it happens live on camera, you know, it could, can definitely do that. And so for me, that's that's who I'm most disappointed in is the whole production team, um, and 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 the hostess because I feel like that's part of your responsibility. Unfortunately, if you are hosting a panel, if you are hosting a show, if you are hosting whatever, like it is your job to do damage control. If things go sideways, whatever damage control might mean like, mm -hmm. yeah, you can't count on like 10 people to act a certain way, but you should be able to count on one person <laughs> to like do that. So, so for me, those, those are the people I'm most disappointed in mm -hmm. and not, not as much, not as much the cast just because i think yeah yeah there's there's hard, levels you know? here i don't want to hold yeah. anyone to task but definitely the people who are like publishing the show and putting it out there for us to consume it didn't need to it didn't need to go that way it didn't need to be that way you could have prepped me a little bit better because that was really shocking to see so yeah i wish them all the best except for mildred and i hope that for the next year they get like if they make the show again. I feel like they have to, though, because it was kind of a success. It made them a lot of money, I feel like. So for that reason alone. I yes. I wish that Netflix had done a better job with their first fully queer dating reality show. I wish that they had just taken a little bit more care, um, especially finding out about the stuff that they knew beforehand. And then they maybe have uh, a host who is part of the community, right? That Natasha! You know, pick one of the one of the friends. I'll yeah, maybe Natasha. Honestly, Natasha should host the next season. <laughs> anyway, now that we've reached the end of our journey through the ultimatum queer love, do you have any do you feel a type of way about reality shows, about queer reality shows, about your experience watching them or watching this one with me? Any closing thoughts? Um, I think what I've realized, I do watch a lot of reality shows, not just the romantic kind, but like, and I watch a lot of survival ones too. And not like survivor level survival, but like actual, if you're taking survivor recommendation shows for me alone by the history channel is by far the best one. Um, I think I just realized that I, um, I definitely watch, uh, reality shows and i think dating reality shows um as an escapist sort of thing like oh i you know i deal with a lot of anxiety day to day you know despite taking medication for it i i i still experience a lot of anxiety every day and so these shows are like a fun thing that i can watch and like not really think about my problems um and and I'm also someone who's obviously very interested in people and like why they make the decisions they do, why they think the way they do, why they, you know, and that is part of why I love reading and writing. And so I think like dating shows specifically like hit that perfect niche for me where it's like a very escapist fun thing 
while also I'm getting to like learn more about people. You could argue like a certain kind of people who enters these shows, but still people that I wouldn't maybe normally encounter in my day-to-day -day life. And, and watching the ultimatum hasn't put me off of that. It's just made me realize that there's a reason why I've avoided shows like Love is Blind. <laughs> because the ultimatum and Love is Blind, which I haven't seen, but I'm going to assume is in the same category, are, are in that category of reality dating shows that are not fun and escapist and superficial. They're actually like really fucking sad. <laughs> and I don't want to watch those. Or I mean, I, I would be open to watching them. I would be open to watching this again if it was a queer season. Only because I knew you'd, I know you'd watch it with me and because I'm always trying to amplify queer representation across all genres and that includes dating reality shows. But for me personally and what I like to do in my free time, um, I this has, this has really helped me understand why I pick the dating shows that I pick. Because I think we've talked about this before where like, you know, we have a friend who watches Love is Blind and I'm always like, oh, that's not, that's not my cup of tea. But then I'll go watch like, too hot to handle and are you the one and and you know love island uk and and all of these other like perfect match all these are like trash shows um and now i now i realize why because those shows have never broken my heart mm -hmm. they've never made me like want to cry they've never made me want to like throw my laptop across the room like that is not what they bring into my life <laughs> So, so that is my closing thought is I have discovered something new about myself. Um, I, I crying over romances is something that I might seek out in other genres like books, but I don't want it in my dating shows. I just don't. I got too invested. I fell too hard. They were too real to me and and I'm just I'm still not over it <laughs> in, in typical queer fashion as well. I feel like your your trajectory emotional trajectory was very much like of the U-Haul. I was variety. right there with them. I was right there with them. 100% did not think they were moving too fast. I was there. <laughs> So it's funny because I generally avoid reality shows and watching this hasn't really changed my my opinion about that. You know, I don't see myself like seeking out more. I do have a, I do have more of a, not a respect. I feel like watching the show and because it went to places where I wasn't expecting it, it did open up a lot of like really interesting conversations, obviously between you and me, but also between me and my sister who I watched it with and with myself about things. I always try to, if anything, at the least try to reflect on where I am emotionally in regards to how I'm connecting with other people. And so it kind of made me have those kind of conversations with myself and with people around me. And I always think that's good. I always think it's good to reflect and learn a little bit about yourself when you're watching something, you know, like, right, you know, media, literature being like a, a window and a door, you know what I mean? Like you can, mm -hmm. you can sort of reflect using those things and, seeing a lot of you know queer relationships and dynamics healthy and toxic are helpful are helpful to to see that and you kind of can figure out where you where you stand in like the mal to mildred spectrum of like how in touch you are with your own emotions and with like everybody else's um 
And I really, I mean, I think that I made it through this because I was watching it with you. And because of that, I think even though your feelings were like really destroyed for this, I would do it again. I would definitely do it again because. Yeah. No, I, I will second that though. I, the second that it became, the, the second that scene between Yoli and Xander ended at the finale if i had not been watching the show with you i would have closed my computer and walked away from the show forever i would not have finished watching anything maybe i would have like googled to see like who ended up together or whatever but i would have definitely dnf'd this show because i was like that upset so if i mm -hmm. had not been watching with you i would not have made it through i'm not really optimistic about netflix and their handling of no. you know mental health um issues coming up with their participants on their dating shows uh or i guess now talking about instances of domestic violence and protecting their cast members from that or and their audience um but that being said my hope is that with the popularity of this show we'll we'll get something else we'll get something more i'm not like really optimistic about it but i am hopeful that we're kind of like moving in that direction especially because of the visibility just because of you know all the things that are going on i think we're we're getting crumbs and i'm just hoping at some point we'll get to the whole like bread and maybe now people are ready for it and maybe now are you the one will be like holy shit netflix made so much money maybe we should try a queer season again you know or or maybe other shows will be like ultimatum queer love was so insanely popular like this is our chance to capitalize yeah. and make money and you know their reasons may not be the right reasons but i'm just saying I, I i agree i think maybe shows that have tried it a little bit in the past might want to try again now um i would love if like the bachelorette was all queer you know what i mean like if i, I would i would watch that i would be very much into something like and, that and you know the ba the bachelor or the bachelorette they they are shows that are that are primed for that like you could very easily have a queer season without altering absolutely anything about how the show runs mm -hmm. like it, whereas with other shows and we've talked about this like love island it would be a lot harder to make it all queer but what you're right what they could have they could have a queer bachelor they could have a queer bachelorette and they really wouldn't have to change a single thing about yeah. the setup of course they wouldn't because that show is like super i feel like a super christian and and you know i'm just saying like i would be down to watch that and i hope that like down the line we get something something like maybe that. maybe they maybe they um maybe they call it they do like a spinoff you know so it's not the bachelor or the bachelorette it's like the fiance <laughs> And it's like the queer spinoff. <laughs> the fiance. <laughs> I will say, I think I have watched a few seasons of The Bachelor, not anytime recently. Like, I think that was like way, way back when I first gave reality dating shows a try. And I was like, this is not for me. And then I never tried it again for a really long time. That's again, that's one of those shows I just don't watch. But I, I would watch a, a queer one. And I think... And I think we could watch that with a lot less heartbreak than the ultimatum queer love. I mean, people make like brackets, like about yeah. Who, I know. think I think the setup of like people going home each week and you know short little dates, and I think that would make it less intense for me and you, and more fun because we could have yeah, we could have our predictions like from the start, <laughs> and we could maybe we could have like prizes along the way. <laughs> Yeah. Now I want that. Yeah, I want it too. The fiancé. The fiancé.
thanks for coming on this journey, Drea. And you, listener slash watcher, thank you for coming on this journey. That's going to be the end of our discussion for the ultimatum queer love. If you're oh, still listening, <laughs> if you're still listening or watching, leave us a comment, leave us a DM us, let us know, like, you know, how you felt about everything, um, how you felt about everything, you know? Unless, and, and I bad. said this last episode, if you are a Yoli Xander hater, don't. Do not come in the comments. Don't upset me, please. I just, I can't take it right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Spare Adrea a little bit of Just go grace. into Chris's DMs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps up this bonus episode of Only Lovers Book Club. Thank you so much for making it to the end with us. It was a hard road. We're happy you're here with us. Make sure to like the video or leave us a comment. And if you're listening, don't forget to leave us a review. Five stars for the five-star queers. You can support Only Lovers Book Club by subscribing to our shows and sharing our episodes. You can also drop some change into our tip jar or buy some books from our bookshop, especially if you love love, sex, romance, all that good stuff. And you can find us on Instagram at Only Lovers Book Club.